everybody. It's Erin. And Meg. And welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Meet podcast. This week, we're really excited. We're going to be featuring one of our friends who just happens to be Black, and his name is Ricky. And he is such a ray of sunshine. We absolutely loved having him on. Our best friend. And he is so insightful, so nice to hear from him, and just how he's doing, and just what we can do to help. Yeah, I think it's really important to check on your friends who are people of color during this time, not for selfish reasons, not to just make yourself look good, but to actually hear them and listen to their struggles and hear what they're going through during this time. If you guys didn't know, Ricky and I met in high school when we were, when I was a sophomore and he was a junior. And so we've been friends for quite a long time and I'm so blessed and so lucky to know him and then to have him be friends with Meg as well. It's just so great. Like he's just such a loving, welcoming, inviting person. Like he's always just been one of the greatest people in my life. And it's really cool to get to feature him on the episode, hear about his struggles and hear about everything that's affected him during this time. It was also great to hear some of his favorite resources for learning information and how everybody can learn to have difficult conversations with their family members and just be better allies during this time. Another thing that we really ask is that you all listen through this episode fully in its entirety if you have the time or listen to it over multiple days. We are having an ad in this episode because we kind of grappled back and forth whether or not we wanted an ad to kind of respect this platform or if we wanted to put an ad. But overall, we decided that we wanted to keep the ad in this episode. And for all the money that we get from this episode, we are going to be matching that and then donating it to an organization. Haven't figured that out yet, but there's tons that are definitely in need during this time. We'll also leave some links to some down below for you guys. But yeah, we really wanted to do just as much as we possibly could. We've been donating to other organizations as well. So if you have anything or any just organization that you think that like we kind of left out in the description box, definitely let us know. But yeah, we're just really excited to have this episode out. Something that we also want to talk about is the fact that everyone is doing different things right now. So if you want to donate, please do so. If you want to protest, please do so. If you want to share links on your story, please do so. But I think it's just important that we do something. We realize that there is still a pandemic going on. So if you're not able to protest, just please try and do as much as you can. Use your voice, amplify Black voices, because we have to do something and it's time for something to change. There's like this picture that's going around on Instagram. Meg shared it too. But at the bottom of it, it was kind of just saying what Meg said about how there's multiple different ways that people can give it back during this time and people can like donate their time, their money, whatever. But the last line of the post was just keep your foot on the gas because we have to just keep going forward. Black rights are human rights. Yeah, black lives matter. And so we really thought that this would be a great episode to bring to you guys. And we really hope you enjoy. So we're going to start off with Ricky's interview and we hope that you enjoy this episode. Definitely let us know on our Instagram at Love You Meet It Podcast. Don't forget to listen through to the ad. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll get into the content. Hi, everybody. It's Erin. And Meg. And we're here with our special guest, Ricky. Ah! <laughs> Hi, everyone. I have never been so happy. This is actually our first virtual interview, so this is really exciting. But obviously, with everything going on in the climate and everything, we wanted to talk about white privilege, racial discrimination, everything under the sun. Meg and I have been posting all over the Love You Mean Instagram with different resources and things like that, especially on our, like, personal Instagrams too and I don't know we've both been learning a lot from Ricky and we thought that you guys would be learning a lot too 
And so we thought it'd be really fun to bring him on the podcast and to just talk about all of it. So if you wanted, Ricky, you can introduce yourself and get all into that. Yes, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you, Aaron. My name is Ricky, Ricky Belazaire. I use he, him, his pronouns. I currently attend University of Georgia. I'm a master's student there studying college student affairs administration. I'm a black gay male. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much who I am. You're also you. um, Frank Ocean's. Oh my in. God. Guys, I'm, 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 I've been compared to Frank Ocean. I'm his doppelganger. You're something. like the you're like the great value version of Frank Ocean. <laughs> no, like I guys, I'm linking his Instagram down below because you have to go look. He literally looks like Frank Ocean. Like it's not even like a oh my god, like you look like him. Like, and he has the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. God. <laughs> literally look at him. Yeah. Like he's literally glowing. <laughs> like if you guys could see us right now, Aaron and I look like we live under a bridge and ask people riddles. <laughs> But, like, Ricky is fucking glowing, so... When I tell you, I literally rolled out of bed. I look the exact same as them, except I put on chapstick. That's about it. Okay, bitch, <laughs> no, he's chapstick. exaggerating. Like, so... No, okay, but, but, like, before we get into everything, my favorite memory of Ricky is when Ricky came over to go out with us, and we were, like, literally blacked out. Like, I have never been, like, so drunk. And I had to go to work the next morning, and I literally looked like trash. And Ricky shows up to come visit me to get breakfast in his trench coat, his glasses. <laughs> And he looked like a like a movie star, and I was like, oh, I looked like a wet rat. No, he always comes to stunt, and I love that. Yeah, we stand a Taurus king. Remember when I fell asleep on your couch, like straight up? We fell asleep sitting up, guys, because like we didn't have. Well, I think I think at that point we did have the couch, but like it, we had like a different couch, but it wasn't that comfortable. And then, oh my god, I'm like, I'm like smiling. Laughing. I forgot that was about so that. Funny. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, um, Ricky can really sleep anywhere on New Year's if you guys have listened to, like, our Perfect Party podcast, like, our Perfect Party episode. We were talking about how we threw a New Year's party. I couldn't find my air mattress because we were all, like, blacked out, and Ricky just went to town, fell asleep on my carpet in my bedroom, and he was out. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Ricky can really do anything. That's, yeah. pretty, that's basically that's the moral of the story. Ricky can do anything. But, yeah, so I guess we can really get into, like, the content of this podcast. First off, how are you doing? Ooh, okay. So it has been a rough, rough time for me. I'm not going to lie. I think the best way I've been able to describe it to my friends is like being on a roller coaster that you were forced to go on. Um, you didn't know that you were going to go on this roller coaster. Um, and you're being peer pressured to be on this roller coaster and you have no way of getting off the roller coaster, which really just means it's not fun at all. Um, and it's ongoing and you don't know when it's going to end because you never set yourself up to be on that roller coaster in the first place. Um, and it's not enjoyable. Um, I think for me, what's been really hard is the fact that this has been something that's been going on for centuries, right? Um, first with slavery and, um, the roots of just oppression uh, it's been something that has been my whole life. It's been my ancestors' life, my grandparents' life, what have, whatever what, whatever you, you want to name it. But I think the biggest issue now I, I see and I feel is there's still continued injustice. The movement is more than just this point in time. It's It's been something that has translated into different experiences, different moments with the Black Panther movement. Um, so there's been many moments in history where this is just a repeated effect. And until we kind of learn um, learn the issues that are at hand, we won't really ever overcome it and we won't see justice being given. Um, 
yeah, those are really all my thoughts about it. And I think I constantly am in an emotional turmoil. Like last week at some point, I just cried during my lunch hour because I just was so upset. I was so troubled by the world. Um, I'm just exhausted, um, frankly. And I hope that things change, but you can't really see the change until there's actions for those change um, to happen. So I hope that that's what comes out of all of this. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like the main thing that you've been hearing, I mean, like, we've been hearing from, like, a lot of people of color is that, like, they're just exhausted. And, like, one account that we've both been following, it's, like, this girl on Instagram, Dom Roberts, and she's been posting, like, a lot of great graphics and everything. But, like, one big thing that she was talking about is that, like, it's not really the job of people of color to be like educating us or to be like telling us like what to do or anything. And so like, I feel like that's a big thing for like the audience to remember and everything to remember as well is that like people of color always, but especially now mm -hmm. are like, they're fucking tired. Their backs hurt. Okay. Yeah, from, from <laughs> like, fucking, like all of the stuff keeps, like, that keeps happening. And like, it's not the job of your friends that, yeah. that are people of color to be educating you. Like you need yeah. to be, taking the time to like educate yourself and like if they do choose to do that I think that's a great resource like I know just from like being on Instagram this past like week um I follow like I have like some black friends and just the content that they've been posting has yeah. helped me so much like especially with the whole like blackout Tuesday thing like I posted a black square and then um one of my friends Ayana posted this Instagram like she posted like eight of them yeah. and they were so helpful and she was like this is why like the blackout squares are not helpful to the mm -hmm. black community and then I was like oh shit like it because it sounds like a good idea like honestly it's just not and like you're you're preventing black voices from being heard like even if you didn't use the hashtags and shit like people are still posting links and like just all this important information that's not getting out there. Like you're scrolling through a sea of black on your page. So it's like, there's, that's great that so many people wanted to help, but like, I think we just went about it in the wrong way. Yeah. I agree. And I think also for me, it's like, it was started out of um, like the music industry, right? Yeah. Um, and like black women, like in the music industry specifically. And I think my biggest frustration is seeing people that haven't posted anything. And then suddenly they just post a black square. And it's like, mm -hmm. you've not been on your social media. Like, this is not a trend. Like, this is like mm -hmm. my life. Like, this is literally my life. This is about my life. Um, so you're either like going to be with me to support this endeavor and, and really um, help create a voice of change. Um, but it's not about a trend. It's not about likes on a post. It's not about, yeah, like, I'm not a racist. Like, that's not what it's about. Um, it's yeah. So I think like that's also my biggest frustration is seeing people post things that they're not even they're not even know about like they're not they have no um, point or opinion of um, I think the intention might be good but how they're expressing it is not necessarily clear or, or a good way to, to go about it. A question that I had about it like once I realized I think I had the black tile up for like an hour and then I saw that and I was just like oh shit I'm gonna, I'm gonna delete that and not repost it but some a question that I had was like are people really posting it because they stand with black people or are you doing it because you feel like you have to because you feel like you'll be deemed a racist or like not an ally or just something like that so I'm like what are your motivations for doing that well because I just feel like with social media these days like everyone is so obsessed with like 
their image and everything mm-hmm. and like putting themselves out and like I feel like a lot of it is like it's kind of like coming together with like performance activism as everyone's yep. calling it it's yep. people being like oh yeah like I did this or like Megan and I were talking the other day about like people that are posting like pictures at protests and like showing people's faces and like one of the oh, main okay. things is that you're supposed to be blurring out people's faces if you go and people are posting like I mean it's different if like I guess if you're an influencer and like people are donating to you and you want to show that you're donating all the money but like random people that we know will be posting like, oh look, I donated this, and I'm oh, like, my God. like you don't I'm need like, to okay, sh- and you yeah. don't need to show that. Like, <laughs> okay, and next, okay, bitch, post the link. Don't post. Be- I don't want to see your confirmation <laughs> email and shit. No, yeah. I know. I'm like, I don't care how much you gave. Like, show the resource that you used and share it. Like, you don't need to say, oh look at how much money I donated. Like, you're literally crying for attention. Like, I hate that shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like we all just have, like, the same opinion Mm -hmm. on, like, the blackout squares and everything, but, like, how do you feel about, like, the other, like, kind of social media trends that were kind of happening? Like, I mean, I know we, like, a lot of people were posting, like, a lot of the social media trends were, like, Blackout Tuesday, Mm -hmm. and then, like, people using the hashtag Black Lives Matter, and then having to take it out, and then, like, repost it, and, like, all of that, like, so, like, what's your just, like, overall opinion on all of that? I think when you're uneducated about a matter, it shows, right? Like, I think the fact that, you know, if you're just posting and you don't even, you just see black squares and you're like, okay, let me just do it immediately without reading or following what the link's attached to to see different um, posts so that you can understand, okay, that's wrong. I should not include hashtag Black Lives Matter. Or there was a big debate I've seen on other social media posts that people posted where, um, some people had like kept the Black Lives Matter and were going into a battle and disagreements in posts about like, no, like I know that this matters, blah, blah. And I literally would have to say, hi, like, thanks for posting this, but no, like, and because I was a black voice, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then they like edited it to remove it. And they couldn't believe their other, you know, white counterpart or other race that was saying, hey, I've been looking and I think this is wrong. Like they could not believe them until like I said something. Um, which in itself I think is interesting, uh, but yeah, that's that's just how I feel is like when you're uneducated about something and you don't do your due, due diligence to actually look up the information of where the source comes from, I think that's where you um, are just biting yourself in the ass. Yeah, well, because I feel like it's in some points it's just been like embarrassing for people to be like posting all of this stuff or like just like what you said, like it shows when people aren't educated and like when people aren't just like posting the right mm-hmm. stuff. I feel like just like in these days of social media, like for me, it's been a great resource because like I've been finding like all of these different fundraisers and like, I mean like a girl that isn't like, she's like a black influencer and she's yeah. like collecting money for the NAACP and then mm-hmm. she was matching it. And like, I found that through social media, which was really great. But like, I know a lot of people too are like using it for the wrong reasons or to show off or to not even post anything at all, which I feel like the silence is like almost worse. Then and like allies, allies of the Black Lives Matter movement, when they do that, they don't realize how insensitive it kind of comes across because mm-hmm. it's like we are still, you know, having to unlearn and learn about ourselves and what America has done for us as, as people of color, as Black people. Um, and so when it comes off that way, it just seems like insensitive. And I don't know, I don't necessarily think like, anyone that's an ally has ill intent with it, right? But that's just how it comes across. And then it's so taxing. And then you you seep into your mental space and you become negative. You think negatively in your thought process because 
you're like, man, all these people are trying to do something good in the world, but it's still just not coming off across, like coming across well. Um, and then it, it just takes, it takes a toll on you. Like, that's why some, some days I can't even get on social media because I see something stupid and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not getting on today. Like today is just, I need to just do work and focus and not put myself in that headspace because I'll get mad. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. let me not get mad. We just, <laughs> no, let me just get off and do my thing and try to tackle another day and provide more resources to people because there's a lot of people hurting right now. There's a lot of people that do not have the space, the mental mm -hmm. space to post, to provide resources. So I really take note of that and I'm like, how am I doing enough? But then sometimes I also have to take a step back and realize, hey, you're doing enough. Like this is your community that's hurting and you are a part of that community that's hurting. And there's mm -hmm. days when you're not okay, but that's why you have allies that are there that are sending that message that are still showing up, still doing the good work. And you're hoping that every day they're doing that so that that awareness is happening and that it's not just a trend and we come in July and that's over. And I think it's important too for allies to realize that like, we have to pick up the slack because like there are days, like you said, when you just cannot like even fathom going on social media. So I think like it's up to us to just keep posting, like not be silent and just like every day, just keep like doing research and stuff like that. And like what you said before too, about how like, I mean, cause like I posted the black square and then I felt like a fucking idiot cause that was not a good move um i thought i was doing something good and then i was just like oh shit like that was so impulsive and dumb like let me correct myself and then like i literally went on like a rampage saying like delete that shit like stop it like the you whole day it, right you were aware of yeah. it. Mm -hmm. thing and like, there's and you made a difference you changed mm -hmm. yes. what you had done but when you are aware of it and do nothing mm -hmm. or you you know what i mean like you just remain silent about it that's where the issue lies like you can't be embarrassed to like admit that you made a mistake yes. and also i think it's like great that you i mean not that you feel like you should have to do this all the time but when you do correct people like it just makes a difference like i i you checked like you checked people i had someone check me and then i was just like okay like i'm gonna move on from this i'm gonna like change and i'm gonna also show other people and like spread the word which i think is really important because like we as white people don't know what's going on with you guys. Like we, we see it and like we can sympathize, but we can't empathize, you know? Yeah. It's like, we just kind of have to do our best and like just keep supporting you guys no matter what like you guys want to do. Like that's what we have to do. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. I just think that you went about that really well, but I feel like that a lot of people are scared to be criticized. I mean, like, I don't think that the actual comp, like the actual concept of like, racism is uncomfortable when it comes to like obviously your immediate circle but I think that like you have to be willing to be criticized you have to be willing to accept just that criticism in general because change won't come unless somebody calls you out and says hey that was wrong and then you learn from your mistakes and then you go on to educate three more people outside of yourself like you need to be willing to accept that criticism to accept people to come forward and be like hey like that was fucked up to be able to make that change because like if we continue just to like stay stag like stagnant and stay quiet like none of that would ever happen and then you know i mean you might have even left that black square up if someone wasn't like hey like i don't think that was right well even thinking about it like it's so stupid because it literally yes like in concept i guess it shows solidarity but like you're not posting information there's no words it's blank 
And like being silent isn't showing solidarity. You have to use your voice and you have to amplify black voices. So like, I don't think the original message was bad. I think we just all, like it wasn't even for that, it was for the music industry. So I think everyone just saw that and kind of ran with it and was like, oh, we're gonna do like a social media movement, like a protest, but that's not what it was. (laughs) And I think it's so important to learn how to sit in your own uncomfort. I don't think enough white people, enough, you know, of other races do that in general. I don't think they know how to go about doing that because they've always had privilege to not need to go there or understand that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest issue is like, you can admit you were wrong. You can admit that, you know, you've said some problematic shit, but grow up, move from it, learn. Anything that you can learn, you can unlearn. Um, and you can progress forward with and do better once you learn more information. Like it's mm-hmm. that, like anything you learn is easily unlearnable. Um, that's the beauty of education. Like you can literally learn something and you can um, immediately take it away. You can decide what you wanna learn, what you wanna stay informed on. You have the conscious choice to make that decision for yourself. And anything that you learn as a kid that is wrong or you know quote unquote wrong that's un- that sits with you um you can realize that that's problematic you can choose to stay educated on something um because there's so many issues that start from your home right you learn about all these different things your parents your grandparents they have one view they may be very traditional you grow up thinking this way and at a certain point you start to believe it because that's what you learned as you grew up And then you can get to college and decide what you want to study. And you're like, holy crap, I see this world in a completely different light. And you can make the conscious choice to make a difference and remove yourself from what you learned as a kid. And that could Mm -hmm. be your new information. And then you can learn when you're 40 and 50 and 60 and 70. I think that's the beauty of life, right? It's all a process and it's all about changing, you know, your own ideals and make a conscious effort to dismantle the system that is white supremacy preach bitch and then, like you like you like answer our questions before us even asking them because like obviously you know like one of our questions too was like i've had those uncomfortable conversations with people in the past mm. and been like that's not cool yeah like i mean we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit and like when me and meg record the actual intro to this like mm-hmm. in like this entire episode but like i had a professor like freshman year of college at salve and it was my social problems class like my social social problems and she was like yeah I don't understand like black lives matter I'm pretty sure like in my mind it's all lives matter and I was like why am I having to educate like a 60 year old woman and like Like, it should be the other way around yeah like and like one of like the questions that we had kind of like throughout this entire podcast was like how do you have those uncomfortable conversations have you ever had to have like uncomfortable conversations like that with people in like your own life yeah. Sure. Oh, look at him nodding. Yeah, his head. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys can't see, but he's nodding. I've had to explain to people why they cannot say the N word. Oh, um, Jesus. The <laughs> worst. The worst. I don't even like say that word. Like, I mean, I do when I'm kind of alone, but I really don't say it in group settings, even when I'm with other Black people or other minorities that think that it's okay to say the N word. Um, I've had some really, really uncomfortable moments, but I think through it all, I have been able to realize that I need to shed light to people, that they need this education. Like they have learned something one way and they don't understand that. And I think the big issue too is like, in our society, in our culture, especially in music, um, the use of the N word is is power for a lot of black people. 
they're taking that word back of what it had has done to them what it, what uh america has um made them feel and it's the same way in the queer community where the word queer used to be um really derogatory used to be demeaning it's the same concept now people have taken back the word queer um and it's in the same light um and i think for me it's been sometimes i choose when and, and like what places i want to decide okay let's just go off today like let me just mm -hmm. today and there's other moments where i'm just like they're not even worth it there's no point in me educating them because they're only going to see this this one way because they're so rigid in their um ideals uh and i think that's that's the biggest issue too is you have to be willing to change who you are and and be uncomfortable with what you have learned and understand like yeah this is not the right way to go about things like this is problematic and this is xyz like this is why is problematic so many people in this world that have such traditional view mindsets, have these ideas of what they think is the best way to go about things or what they think um, society wants from them. I think when you are choosing to actively know what you're doing is wrong and you're not making the effort to learn about what, you, what it is that you're doing wrong, I think that's the problem, right? Like mm -hmm. When you knowingly know that you have done something wrong and you don't make any um, willingness to change that like immediately right immediately mm -hmm. problem like hannah brown for example oh, oh good God. one good yeah. one bachelorette star jesus christ I <laughs> it, it, took her, it took her two weeks yeah, to apologize guys said on the live i hired someone to educate me girl there's your privilege right there you hired yeah someone. you hired yeah someone? good night goodbye if you guys if you guys don't know the whole story basically she was the bachelorette hannah brown if you guys didn't know she posted an instagram live probably like a month ago at this point and she was singing along to a song and she said the n-word and a lot of the comments mm. were why would they put the n-word in a song if they didn't want them to sing it shut up so it's not that hard to listen to a song that has it and just skip that word it's really not. It's but really not that hard. That was like so like set me off was like in the video she literally is like, I did not say that word and was just kinda like laughing about it. Like and granted she could have been intoxicated, but that's not the point. Like the point is the fact is like you should have recognized immediately if I said it, I'm so sorry. She just was kind of like nonchalantly like, I didn't say that word. I would never say that word and just kind of like was laughing and then she was like, Well, I'm just gonna keep this live going and then put a little statement on her Instagram story just saying sorry, but could not show her face, could not show her emotions to actually take the time mm -hmm. to really apologize. And that was the root of what Rachel Lindsay, another bachelor mm -hmm. was getting at was like, speak up and out. You have this platform, use your face, talk about it, talk about what you did was wrong, not just do a one, two page, like little post on, you know, your Instagram story without like your face or, or us to hear your voice about how you feel about what you did was wrong. Yeah, and like something that really upset me also, I mean, I always was kind of a fan of her, but something yeah. that upset me also is that when she was singing along in the live, she censored out the F word, like, oh, yeah. like fuck, but yeah. but said the N word. I so was like, how, are you joking? You can say fuck, you cannot say that N word. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like, no. And like, Meg and I have obviously had like a lot of conversations over the past week, just talking yeah. about like everything going on and like, Something that happened like a month ago. I mean, Meg's gonna know the second I talk about it, but we, I mean, I listened to this podcast called Gals on the Go, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. these two girls, Danielle and Brooke, who both went to UGA. 
and well Danielle still goes to UGA and I've been watching both of their videos for years like since they first yeah. came out and it came out a few months ago that like one of Danielle's friends like used the n-word in a Venmo caption and she never addressed it and they did a podcast and they used to have this podcast like so they post an episode every single Wednesday but they used to do a bonus episode every Monday and they were talking about this girl this black girl who had dreadlocks and um how like her school didn't want her to have them for her like I think it was like her kindergarten graduation yeah. or something and um Danielle said oh well I feel like there's such a thing as classy dreadlocks and not and she and the next week she yeah. addressed it and said I'm sorry for what I said but that's it. It was like, basically like, I'm sorry for how you feel. For how, like, for how you guys yeah. felt about my comment. And she hasn't addressed it since. They've done juicy podcast episodes. They've done all sorts of stuff. And like, Brooke never, I mean, Brooke never said it, but she also didn't like correct her. They have an editor for the podcast who didn't edit it out. They both have to record it and listen to it. And so I just, and all of their podcasts, like reviews. So like on Apple Podcasts, you can review podcasts and stuff all the reviews are like this podcast is racist don't listen like as a black woman like I don't support this podcast and it's it's honestly disgusting yeah and I think there's also this whole thing now where people are like well like I'm just trying like I'm I, I don't know like I feel like I'm not doing enough blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my god shut up shut, like, up shut up shut up like then yeah, fucking do something not, not doing enough you're right and um you're it's like a you're crying out to who like i don't i don't know if it's like your white savior complex or like what you you need or what you want but like you have to actually do something and the reason that we are saying it's not good enough is because we are suffering we've suffered for a very long time like mm -hmm. it's it's the basic concept like you have never had to suffer or go through the injustices that we're facing with police brutality with socioeconomic status, with um, housing security, with homelessness, like all of these things, COVID-19, like Seriously? black and brown lives are the most affected by COVID-19 right now. Like there's an increasing number of black and brown bodied people that are at a higher risk for, for getting mm -hmm. the virus and dying. And it's just like, all of these inequities are through systemic oppression and through the fact that black and brown people do not have the means of access and the resources as much as white people do. And if you understand that, if you can understand that, if you can really understand that and educate yourself on it, then you're there, you see it, you understand it. You may not have that lived experience, but you are going to be a part of making sure that all voices are at the table and all voices are heard, all voices are getting access. Um, Drops mic, like. Drops mic, bro. Like, I think that's just something people forget, too, is that, like, especially with COVID-19, like, I mean, Jamie, for her final paper for her ethics class, literally wrote a 10-page paper about, like, how, like, people of color are discriminated against when it comes to COVID because yeah. people are like, oh, you need to stay six feet apart. But some people of color have to share bedrooms. They only have one bedroom. They live in closely compacted mm -hmm. neighborhoods. They don't have the ability to just go for a walk have and like mess around have, like, and yeah. have their own room to quarantine in. Some people only have one person who like works in the household and people don't understand that like that kind of discrimination is like systemic and goes deeper than, I don't know, like what you're seeing at the surface. There's this, so Aaron and I both watch a show called Little Fires Everywhere. We like finished it. Yeah. Have you seen it? I saw it, it. I have the book too. I haven't 
gotten deep into the book yet, but I have the book as well. If you guys have not seen that show, I highly recommend you highly watch it. Highly recommend, especially now. Um, there's a lot of racial undertone. Um, yeah. So there's the two main characters, Reese Witherspoon and the amazing Carrie, Carrie Washington. Oh my God, I just had a stroke. Um, but there's this one scene in particular that I think is really just like enlightening is that they're having an argument and Reese Witherspoon says like she's like a rich white woman and she said I made good choices like for my family and then Carrie Washington said no you had good choices yeah so that's like that really stood out to me I remember I got chills yeah like you just got chills when you said that yep it's so true though because like you just don't realize like how different your life is compared to like a person of color's life is because you've you've never had to deal with that like just you really have to listen to their voices because you'll just you'll never know what they go through and access right like i mean the fact of the matter is you have students of color that don't have educators that look like them and yeah people take that for granted they have no idea what that does to their esteem, their ability, their work ethic, like factoring in, you have to factor in, like my dad has always said to me, my parents have always said to me, like, I'm going to have to work twice as hard just to equate the same thing as my white counterparts. And my dad had to tell me that when I was seven years old. And that's something that has always shown up in my spaces, something that I've always strived for and to work extremely hard and do my due diligence in the fact that I know that no matter how hard I work, I will not be seen in the same light as my white counterparts. And that's just something that I have to take on. That's just the fact of the matter because I'm a black person. And I'm hoping that that will change in the future. But as of now, that has constantly shown up throughout my life. And um, I think the biggest thing is I want to be so badly a black educator or be someone of influence within the the world of education, within um, student demographics, because I know what it did to me to not have a black educator until I got to college. And it wasn't until my senior year of college. And it changed my view on so many things. And the fact that it wasn't like I had to work extremely hard to be seen. I was already seen by her because um, I was black and I felt that validation. And it wasn't like I had to prove anything. I've always felt like I've had to prove just enough. I've had to prove, quote unquote, to be smart, but I am smart. I've had to prove, you know, my ability. I've had to prove and break down the stereotype of what it is to be a black man, you know, by wearing, quote unquote, proper clothes and not wearing sweatpants or when when I'm getting ready to leave the house and I'm in shorts and my mom's like, go change. You know, I've had to prove that time and time and time again, because society will show you that if you are wearing certain clothes or you're acting a certain way or you're saying certain things and you are black, you will be judged for it. And you may very well, that may be your very last breath that you take on the street. And that's the reality of it. Shit, I just got the chill. Like, oh fucking man. mic drop, y'all. Like, if, you're, if you are white and you are listening to this podcast right now, the fucking least you can do is do something. Like, donate, go to a protest if you can. Reach out to, like, your friends of color. Like, the least you can do, if you're listening to what this fucking beautiful ass man is going through, like, the least you can do is something and not just sit in silence and let them, quote unquote, do the work for you. Like, they have been working for centuries, and we have never had to go through any of this stuff. And it's disgusting, 
and it's uh, like a high hope to wish that it would end with our generation but if we like all do the work and all do our part which we should have everyone should have been doing this whole time like there's a chance that it could and i saw this video online of this i, I think this guy was like 101 or something he was like this adorable little old white man he was in a hospital and his granddaughter told him about like what's going on and he started crying like on video just saying i can't believe they're still doing this like i can't believe like we've had all this time pass and nothing has changed like if you think about it like going back to civil rights in the 60s and stuff the same shit is happening now we just have phones that's the only thing that's changed there's they're the same shit and it's like i'm so fucking tired of like hearing about it and just seeing it and like we just have to do something like this has it has to change with us when you think about it it starts it starts at the home it starts in your heart right like mm -hmm. i really firmly believe in the cycle of socialization i don't know if you guys are familiar with it but yeah how you're socialized who's around you and so if you are brought up like you know there's future generations that will that still have this mentality there's trump supporters right like there's Trump supporters that are still on their white supremacist agenda and they are our age. So it's, 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 it's an effort to show that it can still happen at someone mm -hmm. who's 23, 22, 21, 15, 10 years old, depending on where you grow up, the mentalities um, that you have and, and who's around you, you're socialized to think that way and you will continue to grow up that way and think that way until you make the choice to unlearn it and remove that, um, generational curse quote-unquote if you want to use that that has been on your family and your ideals and your beliefs you have to make the effort to remove that dismantle it um take it out of your thought process your agendas um that's the only way that we'll actually see those changes happen and not everyone thinks like you and aaron not everyone thinks like me um you know on both sides black and white like not everyone thinks that way um, it may appear that way because Black Lives Matter is a movement started by Black people, but there are Black people that are still problematic. Like, you know what I mean? Um, if you're a Trump supporter and you're Black, like, that's a little problematic from what yeah. he's mm -hmm. said about the Black community. Um, and so it goes to show you that if you are socialized to think these things, it's not going to change until you unlearn them and learn mm -hmm. something new that you can actually stand on and believe on yourself from the viewpoints of everything you've taken in and everything you've absorbed and everything you've educated yourself on. Something that I always like to talk about too is like, um, I just come from like a really small, like Connecticut town and everyone I went to school with is white. There was no diversity. I had one black kid my whole grade. Yeah. No one was Asian. No one was Hispanic. Everyone was white. I literally did not see like black people, like in a group, like largely in a group until I went to college. Yeah. And I think that's so, like, I mean, I'm so happy that, like, my parents aren't ignorant people, and they always, like, just say, like, just be nice to everyone and, like, treat people how you want to be treated, like, the whole spiel, but, like, that's so true, and, like, I think something that I really noticed was that, like, going into college, I didn't have any Black friends, yeah. and so I was, like, you know what, like, I need to diversify my circle, I need to, like, it's not even just black people like if you're white you need to be friends with hispanic people you need to be friends with asian people like you need to just diversify your whole circle and 
you can just see like how great people are and like you just grow as a person I think and you become more sympathetic and you just become a better person as a whole and I think that's something that like if I don't know if anyone's listening from my high school if you don't have any black friends that's a fucking problem like you need to make black friends and like like what does that say about you as a person you know yeah and I think like you know from my viewpoint or I, I think Aaron can attest to this too like but now you had so many different people. Oh, yeah. had, it was just like beautiful. And especially mm-hmm. from someone that grew up in predominantly like white school settings, like private Catholic school, um, which I was very fortunate enough to have the privilege to attend. My mom wanted that for us. That, that was the education she wanted. But as soon as I got to eighth grade, I said, mom, I want to go to a public high school. Like I need to see other people that look like me. And she mm-hmm. just broke down and cried because she felt for her the best education that was going to get me, quote unquote, you know, further along and remain safe was a private private school setting. But I was not happy. And I was literally always the only like black male in my classes or my class settings, predominantly just it was one or two of us, like always. And that was really hard for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have any educators that looked like me. And that was doubly hard like that was so so frustrating I had wonderful educators but um it was still really really tough and I said mom like I need to go to a public high school I need to see more people that look like me I need to um learn different things learn other cultures before I go to college I need this for myself and she cried and sobbed and she was like well okay like you can make this choice and Benel Benel was one of the best things that I've had in my life. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what anyone can say, like, the people that I met there and the experiences I got to have while I was there really gave me a foundation for the, the like, work and the life that I, that I live today. It really did. Um, and I'm thankful that I had that experience. And I, I don't regret my decision at all to go there because I, I met Aaron. I met Kateri. I met Jasmine Darlucio. I met all these different wonderful, amazing people um, that whole different identities, but that did not matter when we came together. You know, mm-hmm. we were all just friends um, who had similar views, who enjoyed some of the similar things. Like, I just am thankful for that because it brought me some of the best people in my life. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always said that to Meg because, like, we've talked about it before about how, like, her high school had, like, no people of color and, like, coming from Benel where it was, like, so many different types of people. And then I went to college and it was, like, my fr- my freshman year. I went to Southern Regina University. I've talked about it before. But I I think there were two people of color yeah, in my freshman it's, class. It's, we, you, you do notice it. Yeah. And, like, like, I had my class of 2020 picture and you could literally see the two people of color. And I was like, this is not my vibe. I was like, I'm so used to coming from a place where everybody's so different, everybody's so diverse, everybody comes together and it's like beautiful. And I was like, I cannot do this. And even though the school that I just graduated from, University of New Haven, is definitely still a predominantly white institution, there was still that sense of diversity. I had my first black professor at University of New Haven. Shout out Wayne Edwards. He's definitely not listening, but he <laughs> was he was an amazing role model for me. And he's still one of like the most incredible men I've ever met. And he was just, he taught me so much about like the black communities. And I had another professor, 
professor and another another professor shout out to the man randall horton i took two semesters of african-american literature and it was literally the most amazing course ever like he taught me so much about black culture black songs black books i've never like been so inspired and like he just taught me so much that like I just can't even imagine like other people not getting that experience and like people getting so sheltered and like closed off from all of that it's just like so sad to imagine and black culture is everywhere right and it's like for free I mean we're the fucking roots of this of this country um everybody loves to appropriate it though everybody loves to appropriate you love listening to to music by black artists you love eating um food made by black people like you love it all mm-hmm. you love the trends that you know started in the black community and then you're just gonna sit and do nothing to change to change yeah. your points or anything but you still love your black culture but like what are some of your favorite like resources during this time for like not even just like educating yourself but just like i don't know just like sharing information learning all sorts of stuff yeah i mean there's a there's a slew of different things on Instagram, I mean, like, there's a couple pages. I know um, Asia posted that, like, the Stratford Library, which is where me and Ricky are from, exposing our hometown. They're, like, they had posted, like, a ton of resources regarding, like, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter and all sorts of, like, African-American, like, literature that you can read. I'm trying to think of, like, what other, Dom Roberts, like I said before, I will link her Instagram down below. Incredible. She did this, she's been doing, t- she did a live yesterday about social media etiquette. I watched it yesterday. She yeah. posted it on her page, but just like how to support people of color like during this time, which I really appreciate. She, um, I posted a bunch of her stuff on my story, but like if you're white and you're listening to this, she posted this one story that really I thought was powerful. So there's like two accounts that I follow that mm-hmm. I probably check out religiously. And one of them is um, Sean King. Um, oh yeah. He mm-hmm. is so active, so, so active um for black community and the injustices that we face and i think right now he's just started like a grassroots organization um working to help folks of color that are um you know treated unjustly within like the criminal reform system um and i also love asia downer's page like as you were saying before aaron i don't know if so good unpacking or if you're talking about asia's like her own separate instagram page but unpacking if you do not follow i highly recommend she's coming on the podcast next week we're so excited yes okay so not only is asia um just a beautiful 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 soul but she has written a beautiful book of prose and poetry um, in the mail baby literally of the same name on like un.packing p-a-c-k-i-n-g just shouting my girl out um, she's a wonderful human being, a great person to follow, not only through this time, but always. Um, she represents a lot of communities and holds a lot of identities. Um, and she's just she's just an excellent person. And I, I can't I can't speak more on that. But yeah. Yeah. Great that you're having um, a show. Oh my god, we are so I'm excited. so excited to talk no, to her. I mean, like, I've never actually met her in person, which is crazy. Yeah. But I like I've I've like per- like I started following her unpacking page. And then I always, like, participate in her stories, like, because obviously, like Ricky said, I mean, she's really cool to follow just in general because she posts about a lot of hard things from, like, mental health to sex to, like, all sorts of stuff Mm -hmm. and, like, racism. She just posts about a lot of hard topics that, like, 
not a lot of people post about. So mm -hmm. I've always just interacted with her through that and like talked and stuff. And then um, I purchased her book and then I, it's coming in the mail. So I'm so excited. Oh, but then I, I like I've DM'd with her back and forth. Book is amazing, people. I cannot wait. And so I was like, oh my God, you have to come on the podcast. I mean, like I've been wanting her to come on the podcast for so long. But I mean, especially now, it would be perfect to not only like show like a person of color, but then to also like promote her book because like I cannot wait to read it. I'm so excited. But so Meg found that post she was talking about. Reviews um, are on Amazon. Like she can't wait. Does she have an ebook? Uh, I have to look at that. I don't know if she does. But okay. Because yeah. like I want to read that shit now. Yeah. <laughs> and the shipping is so backed up like everywhere. It's so annoying. I mean, yeah. like it's. Asia, like mine's coming Sunday, so you can read okay. it. But. Asia um, also has her master's in social work um, from Woo! Florida. She is mm -hmm. a healer. She is definitely someone that knows what she's doing, what she's talking about. Um, yeah, just highly recommend a follow. So I found that post I was talking about, and these questions are definitely like uncomfortable, I think, but I think like we should talk about them. So the first question is how this is like directed towards white people. Um, how do I see Black people that aren't my friends? Have I taken time to understand my Black friends and their perspective? And how do I talk slash let other people talk about Black people behind closed doors in white spaces? And I think that's something that, like, a lot of people, like, white people struggle with. Not that, like, it's anything compared to what you guys struggle with, but um, something that's always made me, like, uncomfortable personally is that like my grandpa is definitely racist um and like i've been around him my whole life he's a nice person but he's just so like misguided and um <laughs> like he wasn't educated and stuff like that so i think that definitely plays a role into it but um i remember like he just w he just makes comments like he doesn't necessarily use the word but he makes comments, not even just about black people. I've heard him make comments about Hispanic people and stuff like that. And as a kid, like in middle school, I just remember being so uncomfortable, but like, I didn't know how to confront him about it. So I just didn't say anything. Yeah. And I think that's like, you're at that point though, like you're letting that happen. You're letting them talk like that. And that's a huge issue, I think in the white community. We have to stop doing that mm -hmm. um and like even though it's uncomfortable like you just you, you gotta have those conversations and something that like a trick that i learned was actually from my first black professor i had her as my sociology professor she was a black jewish lesbian so sis oh. has gone through, through it, it. <laughs> yes. And she said, um, like, the class was predominantly white. So she was taught, saying, like, if you hear people saying racist things, but you're afraid to talk about it, don't come at them like you're fighting them. Say, like, ask them questions. So if someone makes a statement, say, like, oh, why is that? Or, or why, do you, why do you feel that way? Or something like that. And then they keep talking. And then they realize how dumb they sound and then they stop. <laughs> so you're not, cause I feel like when you come at people saying, oh, that's racist. Oh, don't say that. Like people get defensive yep. and they might not change. But if you kind of point out to them, like give them little breadcrumbs, like, oh, like why, like, why do you, why are you saying that? Like, I feel like they're kind of like, oh, like oh, shit. shit. Yeah. Like in a nice way where they won't like be combative. So there's a tip but I agree but kind of wrapping up the episode what is one thing I mean it could be more than one thing but like what is like the biggest takeaway that you want 
just like our audience to take away from this episode because I mean we have a, a large range of different like races and nationalities we know that listen to the podcast because we get the analytics y'all but ah. I just want I just wanted to say like what is the overall like big takeaway that you want everybody to leave this episode with um I want to say don't be afraid to unlearn everything you've learned um, about who you are, your identities, um, what you have learned from your parents, your ancestors, what have you. Don't be afraid to unlearn um, what you know already. And if you want to be an ally, um, pay attention, speak up. Um, more often than not, Black lives, brown lives are silent. So do your due diligence and Use your voice, use your privilege to make an active change for others around you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was such a good episode. You have to come on and just talk about other stuff. I know. Because, yeah. like, I well, think... I think Aaron has talked to me about this once or the other, other time, but we never got around to, like, being able to do it. Because I think originally it would have obviously been in person or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys, like, first started, like, I know you were talking about just random topics. I was like, oh, yeah, like, fill me in whenever. Yeah. Um, but then COVID happened, obviously, and, you know, like, But, like, I'm, I'm just, like, surprised how easy, like, I'm kind of loving the Zoom, like, the Zoom recording, because yeah. we can, like, get good audio, and, like, honestly, you sound really good. And, and then, you look really good. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, but then also I can see you, so it almost feels like we're together, because, like, the one thing, like, obviously we've been wanting to have guests on and stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, I just, I, I, like, I like to record with friends when it's Meg and I, because we're best friends like we know each other like it's fine but like I want to be able to see the person and but I, I'm kind of loving kind of digging the zoom recording so um we'll we'll have you on again yeah yeah let me know you know well, this was this was so good you've just been so informative and just like I think like white people listening to this podcast are gonna get so much from just listening to what you have to say. Go ahead and give Ricky a follow. We will link his Instagram. We will link below. his Instagram. We're gonna shameless plug. We're gonna link his Instagram in. Um, his content is stunning. Fire. He looks like he was carved by Greek gods. Um, <laughs> if you blessing. if you weren't gay, mm. <laughs> <laughs> any single gay man out there, I'm yes. Here. Yeah. No, definitely slide into his DMs yes. because he's on the prowl. There is one thing I did want to add because I know that was one of the- Oh my God, yeah. Perfect. I think just like Black-owned businesses or resources or things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's just a list of restaurants that I have. Um, There is, uh, let me see. There's, okay, so I don't know about in New Haven, really. I haven't really looked in New Haven, but around the world, um, there's this place, there's two places in Athens, Georgia, so like where I am currently- that I love. One is JR Crickets. I don't know wherever you're listening or watching, but JR Crickets has the best wings, fries, burgers. You oh, can say. Um, wow. Doggone good barbecue, just all barbecue food. There is um, an ethnic uh, restaurant in Norwalk called Ches Kobe. It's Haitian food. It's very, very good. Um, There's Poe's Kitchen in Bridgeport. Very, mm. very good um, soul food. Kingston Cafe in Stratford, Jamaican food. Yeah, baby. Um, and there's Guy's Spot in Spring Valley, New York. And if you're ever looking for like food places, um, just like around in different cities, there's an app called Eat Okra, E A T, and then O K R A, which has different um, Black restaurants in different cities and towns alike. And you can just um, type in whatever area you're in, whether it's Philly or Boston or. Oh, awesome. 
Connecticut or wherever, and it'll show you lists of restaurants that are black owned. Oh my awesome. god, that's such yeah, a great resource. That, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I literally don't want to hang up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. We're, we're definitely gonna have you on again because I feel like you were not not gonna lie. I feel like you were low key made for podcasting. Your voice yeah. is like so soothing. Yeah. And he doesn't even use like any filler words or anything. I know. You're I was, a very good speaker. No, Meg and I were talking that like we're the queen of like, but like I, say, um, um, I don't know. Yeah. And you didn't use any of them. So it's gonna be really easy to Guys, say I your think part. I think Ricky should take over this podcast. <laughs> I think we're fired. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're funny. Oh my god. We're literally fired. <laughs> oh, we love you. Well, I hope you have a great day. And if you need to talk about anything always reach out we're always here to listen um we should definitely zoom for fun yeah just like another yeah. time but like not recording like, can we i i kind of I, we're group facetime like we don't have oh yeah that too i'm like i'm like can we like have a cocktail party or oh something? my god wait no yeah. we should that would be so fun i'm gonna just call you like right after this like okay thank god okay, <laughs> thank god love you love you, love you.